yo, yo, yo. You listen to the Half Right Podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Half Right Podcast. You are now joined with two-thirds of our broadcasting team. Fonz is here. I'm Lakia Maria, and Max is off doing whatever Max does. So, Fonz... Probably taking a shit. He's not. (laughs) But, Fonz, last night, Survivor Series War Games... What are your overall thoughts on the show? We're going to go match by match, but what's your overall thoughts? What do you give it? Um, how many matches was there again? Five? Five. I'd give it a four out of five. Like, I was interested and, in, um, you know, intrigued by four out of the five matches. Obviously, the War Games matches were the best ones on the show, as it should be because, you know, the Survivor Series War Games. But I think, like, the in-ring storytelling, like, there wasn't a match, you know, Besides one of them that I wasn't locked in and tuned into and really interested and intrigued by. The right. women, phenomenal. But, you know, as you said, we're going to go match by match. So I'm going to get more into my details on that. But I'd give, give it a show, four out of five. Um, if we're going rank, I'd give it a four, um, a four and a half out of five, in my opinion. I, I, I give it very, very high, high marks. A four and a half out of five. I mean, we went to Survivor Series last year and in comparison to last year this year blew it out of the water out of the park indeed it's it's literally night and day with the leadership in wwe right now compared to what we've seen a year ago and i know that a lot of people have noticed it and that we are so happy that we're getting this change and like this you know Re- this new life into WWE, but we have to give credit where credit is due. Since Triple H has taken over, and this is since like August, because because SummerSlam was kind of his show, but we know that Vince had still put most of that. Vince's together. fingerprints were all on all on. It was right. all yeah. on that, but Triple H has been knocking it out of the damn park with the pay per views since taking over and becoming not just the head of creative, but head of all content in WWE. So just had to give credit where credit is due. But let's go ahead and get into the matches. We kicked off the War Games show with the Women's War Games match. We had Team Bianca versus Team Damage Control. On Team Bianca, we had Bianca Belair, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, Mia Yim, and the returning Becky Lynch. And then on Team Damage Control, we had the trio of Bailey, Dakota Kai, EO Sky, alongside Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley. You can go ahead and give your thoughts. Excuse me, guys. There's some good water I got going on over here. Okay. I'm ready. Um, anyway, the War Games match, the Women's War Games match was phenomenal um, from top to bottom. Um, great storytelling. Um, Nikki Cross was very, like, she was so entertaining in this match. I feel like War Games is a playground. I don't want to see a War Games where Nikki isn't involved, you know. Um, excuse me. Nikki brought a lot to this match. Dakota took some insane ass bumps. Um, I also got to give Becky credit for, you know, her coming back, this being her first match back, even though she came in last, you know, I feel like she did a lot in the match, you know, 
Like her spot off the top to end it, phenomenal. Um, Rhea, Alexa, you know, Bianca starting it off for her team as the Royal Women's Champ. You know, I, I really respected that because she's the champ and she went out there first. And, you know, Bianca's the real workhorse champ of the WWE. If you're talking about, you know, top champs um, between Roman, Ronda, and her, she's the one who's there every week, putting on matches every week. And then her starting off her War Games match was pretty dope. Um, but this match, if we're going um, out of five, I'm giving this one a five out of five. Mm. Um, the EO spot off the top rope, crazy, phenomenal, insane, phenomenal. phenomenal spot. And everybody getting on EO about that whole little botch in the corner. For them to go out there and be perfect all the time is impossible. And for EO, a woman who is perfect 99% of the time, that one botch took nothing away from the match, you know. Um, and the people who ridicule and critique that on Twitter, um, they really have no lives, you know, like EO doesn't botch. I still like the spot. She still got the knees down to the face, but, um, you know, it was a phenomenal match in my opinion. It was everything the first war games main roster match between women needed to be, um, the weapons being brought in, um, you know, it, it was just a great match, in my opinion. It was a, a real hot start. And I even told you after the match, I believe, like, there's, and we'll get to the men's one later, there's no way the men are topping this, you know? The like, men took a different approach than the, the girls. Men, the men took a very different approach. They, they took a different too, approach, and it too, worked. But we'll get worked. to that. It worked. They were two totally different War Games matches. And that's what we need, because we didn't need a repeat of the women's match. Right. We needed something different. If you're right. going to give me two of the same match type, don't give me the same match type and, you know, same match. Like, mm -hmm. I want different matches. And when it came to the, the Bloodline one versus the Brutes um, that we'll get to later, the storylines were different because in, in War Games, um, the women's match, it really wasn't that much of a real big story. I mean, you had damage control versus... Bianca, but you know, there was But it was really... more so for revenge. It was for revenge. Cause if you go back to NXT, uh Mia Yim never got to compete in the females war games match because she was injured by the Kodakai. Mm -hmm. So it was more of it's personal. It was all personal. I I ridiculed WWE as far as putting these matches together as last minute as they were, being that we just came off of Crown Jewel at the top of November. But these storylines, this is why when people say, well, we keep seeing the same things over and over. This is when long-term storytelling comes into play. Because we had Becky that got injured back in SummerSlam, right? So that's August. So if we have her getting injured, it might have even been July. But we have her getting back in, injured back in the summer at SummerSlam. And who wrote her off of TV? Damage control. But long-term storytelling, we already know that she has her issues with Bailey. I mean, they are the four horsewomen. Then Dakota Kai, Io Sky, Bianca, Rhea, they all have their history being a part of NXT. Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. Asuka, can, you can put Asuka anywhere. And I love the pop that Asuka and Io get when they're in the ring together. When those two eventually square off, it's going to be fire. It's going to yeah. be fire. Mm -hmm. Out of all the 10 women that were in the match, only four had previously competed in the war games. Those four being Bianca, Rhea, Dakota, and Io. 
And I just have to commend all of the women for getting into a match like that. This is not the atypical match that we have seen on the main roster of anybody that has ever watched NXT war games, the NXT takeover war games was always my favorite. And I love that they gave one to the women. I feel like that was when we started to see the shift in the women's division and women being taken more seriously as competitors to be put in a match like that. And it's no surprise with triple H taking over that that type of element would be brought to the main roster. Because if you think about it, right, how are the, how is the developmental going to have, a better extreme type of match than the main roster. So you have these people that you have groomed that have elevated that are the best of the best and the cream of the crop when it comes to professional wrestling. They're the ones that need to be in that type of match. And the women absolutely did what they needed to do. I still can't get over the way that EO did that somersault off the top onto Mia Yim and Bianca Belair. No surprise that Becky Lynch picked up the win as she just returned. No surprise the team Bianca won in general. Now, down the line, I could definitely see possibly something happening between Nikki and Alexa because we saw hints of that. Also seeing something between Becky and Bailey or Becky and Rhea. And for sure, we're more than likely going to eventually get Rhea versus Bianca. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Rhea versus Bianca, um, that's, the, that's the money few for the women's division as a whole, like Raw, SmackDown, like the marquee women's matchup, um, in my opinion, I'm going to, um, a lot of people, some people will say Becky versus Ronda, and if you want to go name-wise, cool, but like for this generation, the feud that will really, I feel like, define an era of women's wrestling um, is Bianca and Rhea, because Rhea's been protected. I don't think Rhea's been pinned since Mania, you know? So... Mm. I would save, in my opinion, I don't know how you can stretch it out that long, but I'd save Rhea and Bianca for Mania. And I'd have Rhea be the one to end Bianca's reign because we we haven't seen Bianca and Rhea in a feud on the main roster, you know? So I, I was listening to somebody, I don't know who it was, um, but they said Rhea and Bianca can be to the women's division what so many years ago the Rock and Stone Cold were to the men. I'm not saying on that level, but, you know, that that beef, and the visual of it, Bianca's super athletic, and then Rhea is intimidating. Like you know, they're two legitimate badasses. So I'd be I know eventually the title has to come off of Bianca, but if you look at Bianca's uh, Mania matches, it's all about retribution for her, and and Rhea beating her with the. It's kind of like how Undertaker had the streak. Bianca kind of has a streak of her own going, but with the whole retribution thing, she didn't get to beat Rhea for the NXT championship, you know? So yeah, that's not yeah. something that we can ignore because we know that long-term storytelling is a thing, especially with them not ignoring the history of NXT anymore on the main roster, which was always stupid to me when they did, because it's like, yes. this is your developmental. How are you going to let this person come out and not acknowledge the fact that they were a previous NXT champion or NXT tag team champion. You're making it seem like they didn't do anything. Like they just came out of thin air, which absolutely made no sense. So personally, I just, I'm excited to see what's happening with the raw women's division, because I feel like it can go any which way. And Bianca has a lot of great competition. The 10 competitors in the, the other nine competitors aside from herself, in the ring spoke for themselves 
So it'll be interesting to see where they go. I'm good on seeing Bianca and and Bailey. We've crossed that bridge. Yeah. I'm good on seeing <laughs> Bianca and Becky. I'm good on seeing Bianca and Sasha as well. The last person that Bianca needs to take out, which should really be her mania match, is Charlotte. They are not on the same brand at the moment, but that's eventually going to have to happen because Bianca has taken out three of the four horsewomen in title matches at that. So it'll be interesting to see where she goes, but shout out to the women for the hell of a show that they put on at work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you just made that, you know, I think we're forgetting Charlotte and I, I miss Charlotte. I think it's, you know, I never thought I'd say it, but damn it, I do miss her. Yeah, we'll, get to Char- we'll get to more of Charlotte in a second. The next matchup on the match card was AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. We know that the OC and Judgment Day have been having their beef lately. And Mia Yim came back into the fold, joining the OC. We know that Rhea Ripley is the one that keeps all the guys from kicking Dominic's ass over with the judgment day but AJ Styles picked up the win in this one but what were your thoughts on the match um it wasn't in my opinion better than their match at from TLC a couple years ago the pace was a little you know slower than their match from TLC a couple years ago um but you know it was decent I liked it I'd give it a B plus um it was probably my second um, least favorite match of the night, but it was a really good match. You know, you can't go wrong with AJ and Finn. I think it's impossible for them to have a bad match against each other. So, mm-hmm. you know, the match was what it was. It wasn't the greatest match ever, um, but it was definitely it was definitely a step up from what I think both of these guys were doing, let's say, six months ago. And I like right. the involvement of the Judgment Day at ringside and, you know, Finn, um, you know, and you know, the OC, the original club. Um, I like how they ended up brawling and getting taken out. And then I feel like that's when the match really picked up. But I think it was a solid match. So what would you give it out of five? Uh, I'd give this one probably a three and a half out of five. Fair enough. Some things held it back from being – I think there's a better match to be had between these two down the line. Mm. But I think for, you know, coming off the women's war games match, I give it a four because they did what they needed to do. They didn't need to outshine the women that just competed, but they also didn't need to put on such a clinic that everybody else is talking about this match and not focused on anything else. I feel like they did what they needed to do. And most importantly, Dominic got his ass kicked because Rhea wasn't out there to save him. And Dominic is so damn disrespectful. And since Ray won't beat his ass, someone did. So I give him four based off that alone. Yeah, like your daddy won't your daddy won't your daddy won't beat you, but um yeah, I will. (laughs) You know. So and, and so shout out to AJ for getting that. Do you think that the feud is gonna continue with Judgment Day and the OC, or do you think it's going to, like, fade a little bit? Um, I think, I mean, I don't really think they have anything else to do, you know? Like, so I think that the feud is going to continue because we really haven't seen, have we Have we gotten that standard, you know, because I remember on NXT a couple years ago, um, you know, there was a match where it was a four-on-four match, and you know, there were women involved for both teams. I don't know the exact, like, you know, what it was, but there were women involved for both matches. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a four-on-four four is what's to come down the line. 
um, before Rumble. I think, you know, we're going to get a blow up. I think leading up to run Rumble, they're, you know, still going to go at each other. Yeah, because we're entering a dead space. The next pay-per-view is not until January. The Royal Rumble, which would be the, the Royal, Royal Rumble. Rumble is the next one. Because day, day one was canceled. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't really like that because I think day one last year was actually a really good pay-per-view. And I think day one gives you a little, you, you put pay-per-views too close and then you make it where we don't get nothing for like 10 weeks. Where I right. think a lot of people are going to like tune out, you know. This is really like wrestling fans rest period where we're like, oh, okay, you know, we're not getting nothing for a while. Let's just you know, get back to this when we get back to it. But I also think in having this gap that it's going to be good for WWE to do some reshaping uh, to really develop more storylines because Triple H mentioned in the uh, the post show that they had that when you look at certain, you know, premium live events, as they call it, when you look at those, you have to not just think of the event, but then you have to think of the stories and then you have to think of how is that going to affect the entire year? So leading into 2023, you have NXT that is doing their own thing and they do have their um, next event coming up in December. So as far as WWE content, you are going to get something in December. It's just not going to be main roster wise. But I like the concept of what he said of is that, you know, we have some tweaking and all that that we have to do. We hear what the fans are saying. And if anyone is listening to us, we know it's Triple H. And we yeah, know that Triple Stephanie, H. and we know that Stephanie is gonna be right by his side saying, "I hear you." I, I feel like the you. good thing. I feel like Nick. I feel like Nick Khan and Triple H and Nick Khan and Stephanie. They're just on some. They're on a wave where they're. I feel like more more worried about you know the business side of things. And it's I a feel lot of like, cleanup that they had to do. Yes, I feel like they're letting Triple H really. You know, this is yours. Wrestling is yours. Focus on wrestling and do what you do. You know, and as far as like us pushing the product and everything and getting the product into this country and that country, that's what we'll do. But as far as the content itself, you got it, which is why yeah, he's the chief content I, I, officer. Yep, I feel like, um, you know, Nick Khan and Stephanie, they're really obviously business savvy, you know. Um, so yeah, I think you know, they're letting Triple H do his thing, and you know, if one person I trust him when it comes to wrestling, seeing what he did with NXT. It's Triple H, so. I finally feel like WWE is in good hands. <laughs> yes. After then all on, these years. After all these years. Then number three on the match card, we had uh, my least favorite match of the night. And this is no disrespect to the competitors. It's just Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Words cannot describe how annoyed I am with Rhonda. And I've mentioned this in previous podcast episodes, just how much Rhonda Rousey irritates me. Uh, I was excited when Rhonda debuted. Don't get me wrong. When we got that glimpse of her coming out of the crowd with The Rock, it was like, okay. And you being a huge Rhonda fan from UFC, I knew exactly who Rhonda was. And I'm like, maybe just maybe this could work because there's been a lot of crossovers between UFC and WWE. No problem. Cool. Rhonda's coming into the fold. Her match with Kurt Angle at WrestleMania versus Stephanie and Triple H, loved it. Loved it. Okay. Absolutely loved it. But it's like Rhonda just annoys <laughs> she annoys me it's like she's not good on the mic 
when things happen backstage, she wants to go and do a pipe bomb on her YouTube channel. Uh, it's like she's not, it's, it's like we know it's fake, Rhonda, but she don't have to tell us all the details. It's like, leave something to our imagination. And, yes. then, her in, and then her in-ring work, it's like certain spots, I just feel like she's, I don't know if it's lazy or if it's like she doesn't necessarily know what she's doing in the ring, which is why you keep seeing her being with someone like Natalia, who is a professional in the ring. Shayna Baszler having done the whole MMA, Shayna Baszler in the ring, I'm cool with Shayna, but it's just something about Ronda, especially in this run, like I don't take any of her title reigns seriously. I don't know if she needs like a mouthpiece because her teaming with Shayna is like when Shayna was teaming with Nia, right? When they had the, the tag team championships, you're both badasses. That's all you want to do is fight. So that makes sense. But Shayna doesn't need to be a backup to Ronda. Shayna needs to be fighting Ronda. Yeah, but it's uh, like we don't but we don't have anybody. When you look at everybody in the division, right? You have Zia Lee, Emma just came back, Zelina, Shotzi, Sonia, Aaliyah, B Fab, Charlotte, who is on a sabbatical. Uh the girl from the Viking Raiders just came back. Vahala, sa- formerly known as Sarah Logan, Liv Morgan, mm-hmm. Lacey Evans, uh Shayna Raquel. Uh, Natalia, and then of course Bianca and Naomi are listed as current superstars. But when I look at the SmackDown roster, there's only three that I'm looking at that are competition for Ronda. Natalia because she's a veteran, but ju- I'm just looking at Shayna and Raquel. Nobody else to me is standing out of where they would actually build a feud to where it's believable that they could beat Ronda. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Nobody is standing out. Um, what I think we're gonna, what I think we're leading to is um, somehow, even though they're on different brands, the same way you think we'll see Bianca and Charlotte at Mania. Um, I don't know how they would do that because they're not on the same brand, but anything could happen. Um, they'll pull it off, you know, like they always do. The same way they, the same way that they pull off, um, the same way I feel like they're gonna pull off, you know. Rhonda and um Rhonda and um Becky because I think that's who you know I think that's who Rhonda's gonna face at the end of the day. She's gonna face Becky at Mania, you know, because that's been a match that they've been talking about for a while, and I think at Mania it happens. You know, they fight each other. Do you really want Becky versus Rhonda at Mania? No, I'm I'm gonna. I told you I would come quick. I'm not a fan of Ronda, you know, WWE Ronda anymore. I feel like her first match and her appearance, Ronda had this aura to her. Like, she's a former MMA champion. Like, you know, Ronda Rousey's wrestling in WWE, and it was a real big thing. But Ronda's just another female superstar now. And I hate to say it because we all know how much I love Ronda. And her and Sasha are my faves, bro. Like, I will come on this show, and I will defend them to the end of this earth. But Ronda, her in-ring work, her character work, it's just something, it's just something that, you know, I can't really, I can't really defend anymore because it's not, you know, it's just not good. <laughs> like, I'm watching Ronda and I'm just like, this is so bad. Like, it's, it's something that I love wrestling. Like, I can't make an excuse for, you know, any of her in-ring work or any of that anymore. I just, I just can't sit back and 
say that this is good because it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not good. Okay, it's, it's just not good. And I'm sorry. I love you, Rhonda, but you know I could do without ever seeing another having to see Rhonda fight another day in my life. You know, like I'm well, good on that. I, I don't need to see Rhonda fight again. But like you said, she's an attraction. So the thought of her like disappearing and going off, I think that Rhonda kind of wanted to do what, you know, it's like, oh, I'm coming back from maternity leave. And it's like how Becky came back and everybody was like, yo, Becky came back and she's, Becky came back and she's better than she's ever been, right? Like she came back and jumped right into it. Rhonda didn't get that same energy. Everybody was mad how Rhonda came back. Rhonda came back and won the Royal Rumble. Everybody was pissed off, which just goes to show that how they're handling Rhonda, they got to go back to the drawing board because it's not working. It's not working. It's not working at all. So I don't yes. know who so she's going to have next because Shasi, you didn't really have a chance, girl. You yeah. never have a chance, and there's no disrespect to Shotzi, but she really didn't have a chance. And then you have uh, what you gonna call it, uh, old girl that is uh, Raquel, who apparently has a broken elbow, and she's gonna be out for uh, four to six weeks, so she won't be back really in time until the Rumble. So I don't know who in the blue hell, as The Rock would say, is gonna be next for Ronda. But she could go home. She could pull a Roman and go home. But then you have to have a champ on SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, we can't. get comfortable with seeing Ronda, everybody. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Who would have thought years that that Roman and Ronda would both be champs and Ronda would be the one working every week? Lord. Who would have predicted that? Like, I mean, you have Gunther, but you have to have a main champ. You know what I'm saying? Man? Yeah, because, like, Raw doesn't have a main champ because Roman never appears on Raw. But right. they have a U.S. and Becky is basically, uh, excuse me, carrying that show from a women's perspective. Bianca. Bianca, yes. But they also got Becky, too. So you know. Now, Becky is back, yes. So the SmackDown women's division is clearly, I'm sorry, the Raw women's division is clearly stronger than the SmackDown women's division. But speaking of mid-card titles, match number four was Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory in a triple threat for the United States Championship. Now, Austin Theory lost his money in the bank briefcase trying to cash in on the mid-card title, and his reason being that every time he tried to go after Roman, he had the bloodline in the way, then he had Brock Lesnar fuck him up, and then Tyson Fury knocked him out. It was always an obstacle, him trying to get to the title. So he decided to make the executive decision and go for the next best thing, and that happened to be the United States Championship. And when Seth Rollins holds a title, it's always legit, okay? It's always valid. Seth Rollins brings life back to any title that he's holding, no matter what it is, because we know that Seth is going to make the best of it. So I thought the Seth was going to retain, but shocker, Austin Theory is now the new United States champion. He's had the title before, but now he's the new United States champion. But what were your thoughts on the match? I love the way that it ended. I love the way that it ended. Oh, yeah, I love the way that it ended as well. Um, my thoughts are, um, I never don't think I ever had the opportunity to speak on this, but the Theory cashing might have been Triple H's worst booking decision ever you know like the way that he booked that was just 
not very smart in my opinion. Yeah, but um, if you look at but if you look at it now, it was actually pretty genius because you're taking Austin out of the shadow of Vince McMahon. That was Triple H's last like fuck what you did, Vince, because Austin Theory was not supposed to be in that match to begin with. Vince put him in that match. Vince gave him his mania match. Everything with Austin was handed to him. So the yes. fact that he lost the title that was, he lost the briefcase that was handed to him, not to say that he didn't win the Money in the Bank match, but you weren't supposed to be in the match to begin with. Everybody else had to qualify. You lost your United States Championship that night, and you still got put in the Money in the Bank match, and then you went on to win. So it's like, that was Triple H's last, like, nope, mm-mm. You're going to come out of this shadow. We're going to wash away. And it's kind of like a dig at like when people come up to the main roster and triple and uh, Vince would erase everything that Triple H did. That was Triple H pulling events. Yeah, okay. erasing everything that his father-in-law like, had done. That was cute, but we're going to take you out of that shadow of having everything handed to you. You want to have a chip on your shoulder? You want to be mad? You really got to work for it now. So, yes, when it initially happened, I thought it was a horrible idea. I thought it was the dumbest thing that I've ever seen. But now looking at it, it's genius. It was genius. I, I'm going to say it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I don't think anything about that was genius. But, you know, we'll give Triple H that. I think it was genius that he was able to pull events. <laughs> That's all. But shout out to Austin Theory. They said that they might run Seth versus Roman again, and I'm like, you can run that back any day. Any yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't really think that's gonna happen at the Rumble no more. I heard a report today that it would be um, KO. Mm, I can see that happening at the Rumble, mm. but Roman also said that we're just getting started with the Bloodline. So if y'all think that it's over, it's not over anytime soon. Just when I can't be any more confused about the bloodline, let's go ahead and get into the men's war games match. So we had the bloodline versus the brawling brutes team. Of course, we know the bloodline consists of the head of the the head of the table, the tribal chief himself, Roman Reigns, alongside the Usos, Solo Sokoa, and honorary Us Sami Zayn, taking on the brawling brutes, the trio of Sheamus, Ridge Holland, Butch, and then we had them teaming with. Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens, who we had not seen in a while, who actually is a Raw superstar. But he made sense to the storyline, nonetheless. So for this match, we knew that Roman was not pulling a Bianca and entering first, okay? Butch entered first, and main event Jay Uso entered first. Roman was not going to stand with all the other people in the cage. Roman had a stool. Yeah, he's uh, just too good for that. Roman said, I'm not getting in the and chain and um the brawling brutes team had the advantage in this one. So as expected, Roman was going to be going in dead last. And Roman was like, I'm not about to it was so if there's four people, so there's like say like 20 minutes, right? Roman wasn't gonna stand for that long. 15, 20 minutes of Roman standing doing nothing. He's he sat there. He said I would say that that is a first for the War Games match. Seeing someone sit on a stool in the cage. Roman sat there. And then when it was his time to get into the match, 
<laughs> he had no sense of urgency to get there. He just took his sweet time. He did his little stride. He did get in the ring faster than a lot of people tonight because he wasn't. He didn't bring in any weapons. He didn't bring any weapons. The weapons were already in there. It's like if this was Shield Roman, we would have got weapons. But why am I gonna get weapons? Like I'm. I don't need to fight you with weapons. That's Roman's mentality. Like, I don't need nothing to kick your ass. Like, I'm going to do my Superman punch. I'm going to spear one of y'all. We're going to slap each other. We're going to brawl. And that's what it's going to be. And everything that I do need, my peasants already put in the ring. They already put it in the ring. So if I need to smack you with a kendo stick, it's already there. If I need to put you through a table, it's there. I don't need to lift a finger. I'm just here to finish the job. And that's what he came in and did. Yes. And the storyline wise of we know that Sammy talked to Kevin on SmackDown, lied to Jay about it, told Roman why he lied to Jay about it, but told Roman the truth. He said, I'm with you. I'm a part of the bloodline. Then we get into the match and Jay enters first. And then Jimmy thought that he was going to go. And Roman said, nah, bring your ass back here. Sammy, you go. So here Roman is being a dad again, having the two kids that don't like each other work it out. You got Jay and Sammy in the ring fighting for his love and attention. Then Jimmy finally gets in the ring solo. Roman comes out last, yada, yada, yada. We had the brawl. We had the moments. I feel like this was definitely more... There were some great spots in this match, but we know that the focus point of this one was the story of the bloodline and the fact that Sammy snapped on Kevin Owens. Every time Sammy fights Kevin Owens, it brings me such joy for Sammy because Kevin Owens is a dickhead. KO started all this shit. KO is a dickhead. He's an asshole. If you want to look back at Sammy and KO's friendship and people saying oh my god Sammy's such a bad friend Kevin Owens turns on every single friend he has ever had okay when Sammy won the NXT championship what did Kevin Owens do what did he do beat him up he stabbed him in the back so every time I see Sammy Zayn get one over on Kevin Owens it brings me so much joy because Sammy didn't start this war Kevin did yes Kevin started this beef. So every time Sammy gets one over, I'm like, good job. But Sammy snapped. He low-blowed him, started kicking his ass. He's screaming. Then Jay goes up to the top and ends up getting the pin on Kevin Owens. And it's like Roman is just standing there delegating. Yeah, Roman Roman definitely went dad mode by sending Sammy to um <laughs> to help help um Jay. Um, it's like I'm you two, you two motherfuckers gonna coexist, okay? I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of y'all um, fighting. And then at the end of the match, what did we get? Not only did the bloodline stand tall, but Jay hugged Sammy not once, twice, but twice. Oh, come on, come on. We finally are putting to bed Sammy and Jay beefing. I still think that they're gonna be Jay is still a hothead. Never gonna be a hothead. Then he yes. does his hand. He does. Then Sammy does the handshake with Jimmy. Then he hugs Roman and Solo's like, "Don't bring that shit over here." <laughs> Yo, Solo is the second most serious person in the bloodline. He wants all the smoke while they're posted up at the entrance, throwing up the ones. This man Solo, like a serial killer, is staring down everybody in the camp. Like Solo, don't give a fuck about nothing, bro. Like. 
I think no, I think Solo is the most serious because he does not. If I'm not here to fight, that's what you brought me in here for. I'm fighting. I don't care yes. about nothing y'all got going on. Solo doesn't say anything. When JB like, yo, bro, what you think? It's like, I'm here to protect. You're not about to beat up anybody in the group. I'm here to do a job. And that's to defend what we have going on. You have Jimmy, who's just there. Sammy, who is the comedic relief. Roman, we don't know what we're going to get. Because Roman breaks character all the time. But we, we might get we might get dad Roman, the tribal chief Roman. Roman has different sides to him. Yes. Of when he's, I'm, I'm either going to sun you or I'm going to laugh with you. Solo, super serious all the time. When everybody's laughing at the table, Solo's just like, I'm here. So he told Sammy, keep that shit over there. I cannot believe that Jay hugged Sammy. I can't believe it. I'm shocked. It was one of those, like, it wasn't on my bucket list for in the war game. <laughs> I just, he didn't, and when he hugged them the second time, he hugged them so tight he picked them up. I was like, yep. <laughs> I was like, wait a damn minute. <laughs> wait a damn minute. What is going on? So shout out to Roman for, you know, kind of ending that part of it. And they're moving on to, to something else. But man, oh man, oh man. Oh man. I, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> it was a good match. I mean, you know, we won't see Roman... Again, for the rest of the year, live at least, I don't believe. But it's like, where do they go from here? I'm still this confused. It's like, I thought that Sammy, you know, Jay did accidentally kick Sammy. But, yeah, but I think out. by the end of the match, all was forgiven. You know? Exactly, right? That Cause wasn't. Because shit, shit happens. But it's like, Sammy proved himself to Jay. It took him months to do it, but he proved himself to Jay. But. I'm just wondering where does this go? Where does the bloodline go? Because Roman said in that interview with the ringer, he said it's only going to get bigger. And I'm like, are you bringing in more people? <laughs> like, how much bigger can this get? Because yep. it ain't like they can't find family to bring in. It's just no more male family members in WWE. There's females. Yes. But there's no males. So it's like I don't it's it's kind of like not even about the titles anymore. It's I'm just I'm kind of I'm I'm at a loss for words when it when it comes to when it comes to <laughs> to to the bloodline. They keep switching it up and I just don't know where they're going with it. I don't know where they're going. But oh, that was it for Survivor Series War Games. Overall, phenomenal show. Minus the Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi match. Phenomenal show. Phenomenal. Way yeah, better I, than last year's. Way better than last year's Survivor Series. We way went better. to the we went we ended up going to the wrong one. We went to the wrong one, but way better. If Survivor Series War Games ever comes close to the East Coast again, I would definitely go. That is the kind of pay-per-view I would want to see live. I would love to see the War Games match live. So I'm yeah, hoping was, that that becomes a staple in WWE now is that you're just going to call it Survivor Series War Games from now on. That would be great. That would be great. Just leave it like that. 
I don't, I don't, um, Triple H has said he, you know, he said during his press conference, he's not really a big fan of attaching gimmicks, you know, like, but war games would be a great gimmick match to, you know, have. But Survivor Series war games make sense because it's a team component in there and not just your traditional five on five. And you don't necessarily have to have a, be a brand split in order for the match to happen. So that's and why somebody, I, all right, yeah, you know what? I'm getting what you're saying. Cause I read on Twitter, somebody was like, it makes sense getting rid of Hell in a Cell, but it doesn't make sense getting rid of pay per views like Elimination Chamber, Money in the Bank, um, or you, like you said, War Games. Because if you're in a feud with somebody, you're not going to say, oh, this has gotten so personal. I'm going to challenge you to a match with nine other people. Right. Like, you know, but telling the cell, you know, that was a great decision. I, I don't think we really touched on it. How, you know, that's, you know, really not going to be a premium live event anymore. Um, because a match like that should be safer when you're ending a feud. Yes. And some of the best Hell in a Cell, ma- the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view has really watered down the Hell in a Cell. Like this year was one of the first years in a little while where the Hell in a Cell made sense. Roman, um, um, Seth and Cody had gotten so personal, their feud, and, you know, it justified being put in a cell. Mm-hmm. But, um, it was, a, it was an incredible pay-per-view. Um, Triple H has done a phenomenal job since taking over for Vince. Has everything been perfect? No. You're not, you're not going to get everything perfect. Um, n- nothing's ever going to be 100% perfect. We're not going to like everything about the product, but so far so good from um, Triple H. I can't wait. We're going into his first um, his first Rumble season, and it's just going to be incredible leading up to Mania. I can't wait to see what he's got planned. I know WrestleMania in, um, in Hollywood, in LA is going to be crazy. Um, if The Rock is there, I'm going. Oh my God. Oh my God. I've been able to see, like, all of my childhood, like, people that I watched and love, like, being able to see Triple H live, being able to see Randy Orton live, John Cena live, like, but I have not ever seen The Rock wrestle. The Rock, The Rock, I think, I'm pretty sure The Rock is going to somehow, some way, some way, um, you know, be at Mania. I sure, I sure would hope so. And he's very close friends with Nick Khan. And he's very good friends with Triple H. And the fact that Roman Reigns is the top and that's his cousin. So there's a lot of factors here that can get The Rock to come in. We just know that The Rock is a workhorse and he's always doing something when he should be sitting his ass down. So it can very well happen. I just don't want you to tell me last minute so I can book a flight. Um, I think I think if The Rock is gonna be at Mania, I think we'll we'll pretty much we'll know about a Rumble. Mm. Good point, because then he could pop in and out. Yeah, kind of like kind of like what he did with John. But the only thing is, if he's fighting Roman at Mania, do more of a TV schedule because you can't have a you always have to have one person on TV carrying the feud, you know. Like, you can't, we can't have Roman, but as you said, you know, when, when Mania season comes, Roman's schedule opens up, like. No, for sure. I'm, That's why I feel like now it's like 
there's certain times of the year where you're going to have to show up to work more than you're usually used to. I feel like for Mania, we would definitely get Roman more on TV. What I am concerned about is how is Roman going to do on the mic? Okay. Against The Rock? Against The Rock. He can have Paul Heyman talk for him all he wants. I just don't need him getting sun because it's like, you know what? Roman would probably have the Usos talking for him. Now, Roman, um, if it comes down to that, in my opinion, I really think, um, you know, Roman would have Paul speak. Because The Rock and Paul Heyman on the mic, I, I think it's happened before, but that that's that's some good TV, you know? because they both can talk on the mic and that's not to say that this run of Roman on the mic hasn't been great because Roman's been real like corny on the mic before but now it's like we're getting his true self and what he really thinks so I've I've enjoyed it so much better but I think that I don't need Roman necessarily on the mic so much unless he snaps and does no because if he snaps and does how he did with Brock the Rock is going to mock him he's going to He's gonna mock him. He's gonna turn it into a joke. So I think that Paul needs to do the talking for this. For this but let's be real. Let's be real. Let's be real. <laughs> the Brock, Brock has never been the best mic guy. So Brock was never gonna. And even Brock got Roman sometimes, you know? Yeah, he did. He didn't get him with the knock knock joke how he got Bobby, but he got him some. But come on, beating Bobby on the mic ain't too hard, you know? It's, it's Bobby. <laughs> Brock Lesnar is because because growing up, you know, I wasn't like really like in the wrestling, you know, that that was when I was younger. So I wasn't really around to see Brock at first, but I always always heard, you know, oh, Brock's not very good on the mic. But mm-hmm. Brock's run by himself on the mic. Brock Lesnar is hilarious, bro. Because he's like, able to be himself. I I love Brock Lesnar. It's, it's not often that I can say that I don't like Brock, like a superstar when they have a manager, like away from that manager. Because we're so used to seeing Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman, but Brock did a great job by himself. I gotta give it to him. But just like you said, just like you said, you said like he's being himself, right? Mm -hmm. And I really feel like that because it's like that Brock Lesnar cowboy boots, hunting shit down, flannel sweaters, (laughs) cowboy hats. It seems like when you watch, see all the photos posted of him, that's who he is in real life. Like the Beast Incarnate really. Oh, I'm just kicking ass. And Brock has had Brock has so much more, you know, character than what we what we got to see. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I mean, you know, I'm a fan of Brock. Um, I just have one question: Where do you think where do you think damage control goes from here? I don't know. I mean, unless they back up. You know, you jump into a Bailey versus Becky. You know, I don't know who would necessarily challenge Damage Control, uh, Dakota Kai and Io Sky for the championship. So that's still something. You I don't know what, what I really do. You know what I really like? Um, it was an idea. Um, I think I heard from um, Sean Ross of Fightful. Mm-hmm. Um, he was doing a, a one of his podcasts. And I would like to see them defend those tag team titles kind of like the New Day, using a free bird rule. Oh, that would be cool. Because that's going to get Bailey something to do. And Bailey's a top star, so her defending those belts would really help those belts in the prestige a lot. Like, 
One match, it could be Bailey and EO. Then um, EO and Dakota, Dakota and Bailey, you know? And it's like that works for the New Day. And I think free ball rules and tag teams are always amazing. Because think about the New Day and the Usos, I feel like something that kept it so fresh is a lot of the time we didn't know what combination the New Day was given. And when mm-hmm. you put a new wrestler in a match, you know, it brings out the best in that match. No, I so. like I like that call because then you don't necessarily have to throw Becky into anything, but then it'll see who who it'll be interesting to see what comp like what matches they put together because we know out of the three of them in damage control that Becky is the top tier. I mean Bailey is the top tier, right? So it'll be interesting to see if they if they do that, just where it would go. I like that idea though. I really like that idea because then if she wants to fight someone one on one the tag titles are still protected by two people, you know, holding it. Would you like to see, would you like to see, would you like to see Becky, Becky go after the belts? She hasn't done it, right? She's never been tag team champ. Would you like to see her get a partner and go after the belts? But who do you think she would get as a partner? But who would the partner be? That's an interesting question. That's what I'm saying. You can't put Becky with just anybody. Right, you can't. You can't. You have you to put her with someone that's going to be able to hold their weight. Yes, definitely. And I let hold on. Let let me let me look. I mean, let me look at the at the at the raw roster of who there could possibly. Mm, Candice LeRae, no. Dana Dana Brooke, hell no. Dewdrop ain't really on that wave. I mean, unless she got someone like Mia Yim. Yo, I could. I, I, I fuck. I fuck with a Mia Yim one. I also like um how you feel about the Dewdrop one? I'm not against Dewdrop, but which will be good for Dewdrop to have the experience. Yo, you know if they could if they could do something where if they could do something where like she gets pissed off by damage control, what do you think about um Nikki Cross? Because I think Nikki Cross would make the most sense. Because she's batshit crazy. She's batshit crazy, right? Yeah, but you can't put Nikki Cross, who is clearly a heel right now, as a face. She clearly just crossed over from being a face as Nikki A.S.H. to having her time off to coming back as a heel to now where she's unhinged. All right, she's unhinged, but... We, she, got, right. she won the 24-7 championship and threw it in the trash. Kinda, sorta, but you got the point. Dana Brooke be on the blogs going hard for that title, bro. She Super gotta hard. get that. She gotta get that shit up, bro. Lord have mercy. You would think, you would think that it was a mid card women's championship. The way that she goes hard for yo, it. Yo, Dana, Dana is, and I be feeling bad when people come at her, but yo, she makes it so easy, like to just for people to make fun of her because she's just so extra. Like, sit the fuck down. <laughs> Like, bro, no I one just remember that- when Dana has come along, she's kind of fallen from when she first came in, how she was with Charlotte. The fact that Dana hasn't been released still amazes me. I'm gonna be completely honest. Yeah, but I'm be real. Dana's a good hand. You know, I don't think she I think she she brings she's you can fit her in places. She's just I feel like her, just like you said, she's she's fallen a long way. Like she's fallen a long way. Because if you think about it, the highlight of her career, let's be real, the highlight of her career was being Charlotte's lackey. 
Because mm-hmm. have we ever seen her, you know, reach levels of that again? Like when she was Charlotte's lackey, that was the most she was on TV. Like, right. I think that's the best. Like, yeah, that was the best run of her career. Like when she was just beefing, beefing with um everybody. Charlotte was beefing with, and she just get beat the fuck up. <laughs> but what do you think? I have um just uh just one more question, maybe two. What do you so how do you think SmackDown looks over these over these next couple of you know o- over the rest of the year with no Roman? Um, horrible. horrible, horrible. At one point before Triple H took over, SmackDown was my favorite to watch. Not just because it was shorter, but I felt like it had the better content. Um, but Raw is definitely the A show, which I think is what they want to promote anyway. But you have Roman. We know Roman is not going to be around for the holiday season. I think that Roman does need to come out one more time. You do? Before. I do think that he needs to come out one more time um, and let it just be this week. And then if he sails off into the sunset and they just have him popping in doing like vignettes and stuff, which we know are already pre-recorded, then fine. But um, I think that we definitely need to have him talk about war games. Don't you think he needs to just like wrap that up with a little bow? No, I think, I think, I think, um, I mean, yeah, sure they could do that. But I also think that, you know, that the superstars Sammy and all of them are perfectly capable of wrapping that up themselves because like even though Roman's not there, we still do have the bloodline. Yeah. But that still makes it well Kevin Owens goes back. No, because now you have Sammy who the Usos can jump over on both shows because they're the tag champs, but it's like, what are you going to do with Kevin Owens and I'm I'm sorry. I kind of spaced out because the way that they have the champions listed on the WWE website, they don't have it Roman as the undisputed champion. They don't have the Usos as the undisputed champion. They still have the de- the different boxes, the Raw Tag Team SmackDown and then the WWE Universal. So it's interesting that there's not an undisputed thing that they have going on which means that they're going to more than likely end up separating it once this whole bloodline thing ends I can for sure see I that but you you already know how you already know how I feel I think we need two titles for sure you need two titles and I was thinking about do the women need a mid card title but the they have the tag titles and as much as we would love for them to have another title in the fold it just doesn't make any sense because the division is too thin Yes, yes, definitely. Like, look at, as much look as we at, would want it, as much as we would want it, it's like the tag titles is like the best that we're going to get. I would rather them develop the women's division because we already know what's coming from NXT. I don't know how Mandy Rose is going to make her way back to the main roster because that's a that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation. I just can't see her making her way back up to the roster and uh being more than a transitional champion on the main roster. You get what I'm saying? Like, she's been able to do what she's doing on NXT because she's had backup. But as the women's division in a whole, it's very thin. And I think that they should develop the talent that they do have and make, like, actual teams. But so that she's coming back up. You don't have she's, to put she's coming back up. She's coming up back up with Toxic Attraction. 
she's coming back up with toxic toxic attraction. Cool. That'd be great to go against damage control. Cool. But they're both hills. Who turning face? I mean, toxic attraction would turn face. Toxic attraction would turn face. I don't. I don't. I think Bailey and um her crew are more likable. More. Yeah, but EO's better as a heel. <laughs> it's like that crazy thing that she does is just it just works better as a heel to me. Yeah, but I mean I think she's a great face. I think it don't EO don't talk anyway. It don't matter what she is. Mm, true. So I don't know what's gonna happen on SmackDown, if I'm being completely honest, because we know that Roman's not going to be there. The bloodline's going to have to carry it. You know, the guys are going to have to carry it because Ronda's not. Ronda can't. Yes, you can. She's proven that she can't. And none of the other SmackDown women can either. So it's like... Mm, yeah, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. I, I, I don't see, like... I don't know what they're going to do because it's it, it, Ronda's not the... <laughs> Rhonda's not the one, y'all. Yeah, I don't I don't really think so. She's not the one. Like I love Rhonda and it and it hurts me and pains me to say that, you know, it just ain't working. But I um this is a wrap on this episode, I think. Yes, we'll do a best of episode before the year is over for sure all right definitely we out but thank you guys for tuning in to our survivor series recap and we will see you in the next one stay tuned to the half right podcast